Today I want to share a little bit of what you just saw, a family talk. We're a large, I guess you could say large organization. We meet in, in four services on two different campuses. We've got things literally going on all over the world, all over this community. And you know, but every now and then we're, we need to be reminded we are just a family. And, and, and a family kind of understands who we are, what we're about, what we're doing. And, and so periodically I take a message to kind of talk in that way. Who are we? What are we doing? What's been going on? Where are we going? If this is your first time with us, I'm not opening the Bible today. That's very, very rare. Please come back next week. I will open it next week. But uh, w- when you're a family, it, it, it requires, hey, every now and then we just kind of need to talk about what's going on. I don't I hardly do something like this. I wouldn't even say once a year. Every year, every year and a half, but we felt like uh, with all that was going on that this was following last week, the Global Impact Conference, a, a good time for this. So I want to share a little bit about what 2013 was like, where we've been, what's going on, and, and then talk about some things that are coming, some changes uh, that we're making in, in what we're doing in ministry, how we do ministry. I thought I'd start with just some quick numbers because that's just easy measurements, easy things to communicate. We don't talk a lot about numbers, and so period. People ask, what about this? What about that? Y'all never say that. And so uh, let me communicate some of those. Our first number, this is a number we rarely communicate because I'm never really sure what this number means. But our total membership is 4562. Uh, That was our membership at the end of September. And the reason I say the end of September in in Southern Baptist life, the Southern Baptist Convention, our year runs from October to September. And then at the end of September, we, we send in all of our numbers. And so that's what it was officially at at the end of September, uh, we actually have had a really strong winter. As a matter of fact, since October 1st to the end of January, we've had 114 people join our church just in that three, four month time period. So that's getting up a little bit closer to 4,700. During that same period, we baptized 156 people. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? Uh, of that 156, yeah, oh, yeah go ahead. Praise the Lord. Of that 156, 62 of them were over the age of 30. Uh, the next big age group was under 11. There was 30 under the age of 11 that were baptized. That number, though, 62, that's our largest number, by far the largest number, over the age of 30. That number jumps out at me because in most churches, that is by far the smallest percentage. Uh, and that wasn't just unique to last year. It's been that way for, for about 10 years now. The largest number of people uh, or largest age group that we baptize is over the age of, of 30. I think part of the reason that's so rare is statistically speaking, uh, I think in America there's like a 75% chance of coming to Christ before 18 and after 18, it just starts to plummet. If we don't make that decision young, we tend not to make that decision at all. So kind of unique that we have so many people making that decision over the age of 30. I'm not all sure what that means or doesn't mean, but just thought I'd point it out. It's an interesting statistic. Uh, during that time period last year, we averaged uh, 2245 in worship, 1,386 in small groups. Uh, of course, on this campus, small groups, life groups happen, you know, in classrooms, 
on Sunday morning out at our Midlothian campus. Uh, they happen in homes, small groups that, that meet in homes. And so we had that. Then a number I think is very important. If you don't remember any other numbers, uh, these, are, these are two great numbers. 200 and 3,500. 200 people is how many, almost 200 people is how many people we had on the mission field in 2013. 200 of you that left, like I did this last week and went somewhere in the world for, for a week and, and helped in orphanages, shared the gospel, fed the, the poor, built homes. Uh, we did that in all kinds of countries. Almost 200 phenomenal opportunity. And coming off of last week where we really have been promoting what we do in the world, I think it's very important to come back today and say we had about 3,500 involved in local missions right here in our own community. Now let me explain the number 3,500. That's not 3,500 different individuals. Uh, rather that is you sometimes doing something once or maybe doing something 20 or 30 times. In that case, you were counted 30 different times. That probably represents about eight to 1,000 people. But folks, as we're talking about carrying the gospel to the whole world, I want you to know here at the Heights, we have just as much interest, don't we, in reaching our own community, making our own community uh, a good place to live. As a matter of fact, something new, this is kind of looking forward into some things that are happening here at the Heights. We've got a one of our pastors, Ronnie West, has been working with one of our church members uh, named Chuck Elliott. And, and Chuck Elliott's volunteering to lead in a new position here in our church called Community uh, Project Coordinator. What Chuck is going to do is he's going to go out there into our community and find out all the different ways people volunteer in our community. Whether it's in the schools or the police department or the fire department or big brothers, big sisters. Uh, he's going to go find out all the places people volunteer. He's going to come back here creating a database for us uh, here so that you can learn how to be involved in your community right here in your church. Now, when we say, yeah, you like that. That's a good thing. Amen. <laughs> Folks, when we, when we say we want to be involved in our community, there's one way we make the community a better place, and that's through the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? That's the one way. It's not, it's not the first way of three ways. It's not the most important way of five ways. The one way we impact our community is through the gospel. But here's my question. How do we broaden our platform for carrying the gospel into our community? How do we build a bigger audience for, for carrying the gospel? Folks, a lot of times it's going to where people are hurting, going to where people have needs. It's in serving our community. And so basically our goal in this is wherever anything good is happening in our community, I want people to look around and say, man, somebody from the Heights is always involved in this. Somebody from the Heights is always right there. We want to be where good is being done. So looking, we're, we're looking forward. We're excited about how that, that work is going to, to develop. You know, normally when you come to church, you hear about volunteering here, right? You know, in the parking lot, in the, in the children's ministry. And we're going to keep doing that. Don't, don't be worried. We're going to keep asking you to volunteer here. But we're also going to be looking for how we all together go out there and volunteer and serve uh, in our community. Um, money, money budget a little bit. Uh, uh, last year, we took in $4.37 million. Of that, over 300000 was given to missions. Now, when I say given to missions, that's not including almost double that. 
There, there's another 200, 250,000 that is missions we do. This is money given to mission partnerships we have, like with the Southern Baptist Convention. That's the cooperative program. Lottie Moon, Annie Armstrong. Still mission works, but, but things we support and are part of. But then there's another 200 plus thousand that is given to you paying to go on trips, people funding you to go on trips. But then when we go on those trips, a lot of money is spent on the field. A lot of you have gone to Nicaragua. We go there. We, we dig wells. We, we build homes. We, build, we built a lot of homes. Well, guess what? All the supplies for those homes cost money. That was money given in this church. That's mission work in this church. This past week, uh, I took one day, I took three orphans to lunch. You paid for that. You, you fed those three orphans that one meal. I sat there with them, and we had a bowl of what was called in that country Bobby Gooling. And they served that, and my first thought was, I think I went to sixth grade with Bobby Gooling. And then I tasted it, and I think, you know what? That might be Bobby Gooling. And then I said, oh, I'm not having any more of that. But uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Bobby Gooling. He's fine. But uh, that's how you say it in that language. But, uh, you know, folks, when we're out there feeding and building and doing those things, it all costs money, and that's money you've given. So well over half a million dollars, probably 550000 plus dollars is given to doing the work of missions. Some exciting news about what's happening in our, in our budget or, or something that you have enabled. Uh, this week, we're going to make a little extra payment on our mortgage. Y'all ever do that? Add $20, try to make an extra payment a year, do something like that with your budget. Y'all know I'm talking about your mortgage. Well, we're going we're gonna to make a little extra payment to our mortgage of half a million dollars this month. Uh, that, that, yeah, praise God for that. That is very exciting. Um, you know, you, you, on your envelope, you, you can give to the budget, you give to missions, you give to building. When you're given to the building, that helps us prepare for some future things, also helps us take care of, of our loan here. We have two loans. For those of you maybe are new and don't know what all's going on there with that, uh, we have a $15 million loan that got us here and inside this property, and that's been paid down to just a little above $13 million. Then we did a $4.5 million addition uh, with our children's department. We took a $2 million loan for that. With this extra half million, uh, that's going to take that down to about $1 million. So we have right at $14 million in debt. That sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Well, it's because it is. That's why it sounds like a lot. It's because it is a lot. But now to put something here, there's a little bit of good news. That $14 million, that's for $26 million of property and, and assets. So we've got $12 million of equity that has been paid for just in the last five to six years. And I think that's awesome. That's what you've done in uh, creating this opportunity for us. By the way, and th- you know what? This is actually available every single month. I just do a really poor job of telling you. It's out there. Uh, if you're interested, we have a kind of a one-page financial statement for the month of, this one is January, because January is just what's ended. And we run a fiscal year. Uh, from April to March. So we're 10 months into this year. We're almost done with this fiscal year. So you can get a feel for what happened in January, where we are for the year. Uh, if you go out to the lobby out there and ask for that at the information desk, you can kind of see our, our financial standing, our financial picture um, out there. Now, when I think back over 2013, actually numbers is not what comes to my mind. What comes to my mind, big thing in 2013 was starting that new campus, wasn't it? We became a one 
church at two locations. And hard to believe, man, we're already up close to a one-year anniversary of that already. We're, we're 10 months into that. And we sent about 75 people. 75 people that used to sit in here with us, they went out there. Now, 25 of those said, well, I'll go for a little bit. 50 said, I'm out of here. I'm going for good. Uh, 25 said, hey, I'll go. I'll help create some of that critical mass and, and get the ball rolling. But I'm returning at the end of the summer. I'm returning next fall. And, and they did. So really think about, when you think of what was sitting in the, at Commonwealth 20 today, about 50 from this church. Well, in that 10 months, that 50 has become 150. Uh, as a matter of fact, that number's a little bit low. Uh, buddy saw what I was saying. The campus pastors out there ran the numbers. And in the last three months, that campus has averaged 155 people a Sunday. Uh, so pretty exciting to see that our, our little group went out there, has tripled uh, in just 10 months. And man, it's been an exciting year. It's been a learning year. You know, we talk about this big building we have. You know, this is a tool, isn't it? And people drive up and down this street and they say, hey, let's pull in there and let's try that out. Well, guess what? Out at Commonwealth 20, that doesn't happen. We had to learn that. Nobody's driving by the church and saying, hey, let's try that church out this Sunday. It really, we found maybe a little bit of a learning curve there to learn. Man, it's work to get your name out there, to let the community know that you're here, that you're, you're meeting for services. And, uh, but, but as we're coming to the end of this first year, that has really uh, begun to happen. That's why it's beginning to kind of start to, to grow kind of fast out there. And we really, looking forward to this year ahead, are pretty excited uh, uh, about about what's going to happen that we think will really further get our name out there. As a matter of fact, uh, when they were filming earlier and sending this stream out to there as they watched this morning, this is about where I stopped out there. And, and Buddy got up and he took the rest of it out there and talked about a year-long theme that they're going to have out there called Do Something. And it's kind of connected somewhat to the, to the local missions, but Living for Christ how, I want to do something. I want to live for Christ where I am, in my school, in my home, in my workplace. And uh, they're taking on a year-long theme of doing that. We, we did this study in January here at our church. But I think, didn't we cancel maybe every Wednesday so far this year? I think it only snows on Wednesdays. Uh, so that ball really didn't get rolling on that. But they're actually making a year-long theme. We're going to come back in the summer, kind of make that a summer theme of that do something. And so that's being presented out there. And uh, we're really excited to see how that just can, kind of further establishes uh, that campus in that community. Um, one of the things I want to talk to you about now... It's kind of a blend of our vision, where we're going in the future, and how that connects uh, with our staff. We have a great resource here uh, in our staff. You know, the average stay of a senior pastor in a Southern Baptist church is 39 months. The average stay of a staff person is 27 months. Uh, so I'm kind of blown away when I look at our staff. and We have six pastors that have between 10 and over 20 years uh, here at this church serving. Uh, we have, uh, yeah, praise the Lord for that. Um, we have 20 full-time staff. As a matter of fact, if you... Open your bulletin again. You'll see a list of all the staff there. The bulletin kind of goes along with giving you a full picture of our, our church today and some of the things. But you see all of our staff there. We have 20 full-time staff. Ten of those are pastors. Uh, we have a number of key part-time staff. Some of part-time staff plays very full-time impact, full-time roles. Uh, but we have that in our staff. Now, folks, we say here at our church that our vision is to impact our community and our world for Christ. And we, and we really mean 
mean that. We really don't want that just to be a statement on the wall somewhere, something we say periodically. We want it to guide our decisions, guide what we're doing. We want to have that impact. But now then the question comes, what's the impact? How, How do you have an impact? I mean, I can throw a water balloon at you and that's an impact, right? And that's not necessarily the impact we want to have, but, but that is an impact. And so we've been thinking a lot about when we go into the world, when we go to Indonesia, with Nicaragua, when we go to Chesterfield or Petersburg, what is the impact that we're wanting to have? How, how do we explain an impact for Christ? And that's where we came up with our core values. You see that on the front of your bulletin, our six core values. These core values have both kind of a backward look and a forward look. They look backward and these core values, they represent who we are. This, this is what we're about. These are some things we're committed to being and to doing. As we look forward, this is the impact we want to have. This is what we want to build in people's lives. Where we're ministering, we want it to be based on these core values. Well, folks, it's our staff uh, that really enables those core values to come to life. It's the staff that, that leads in that, that models that, that trains in that, that administrates that. So that when you and I arrive on a Sunday morning, on a Wednesday, when we arrive somewhere out there in the world ready to do a work, we can just step in and run. It's been modeled, it's been trained, uh, it's been administrated for us, and we just get to step in and run with it. Now, because those are our core values, that's kind of how we evaluate ourselves. Okay, it's great to put that on the front of the bulletin. Are we doing it? Are we doing it well? Could we be doing it better? Well, we've spent about the last year really evaluating that, evaluating what role our staff plays in bringing any one of these things about and began to, to kind of reorganize and reshape our staff a little bit around these. As a matter of fact, also out at the, the, the information desk today, if you're interested, you can get our organizational chart. There's our staff right there. Uh, the positions and, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> how they serve uh, these core values. So you can go, and go out there and pick that. As a matter of fact, it's one piece of paper. One side is the finances. The other side is the budget. Isn't that neat how it comes all together? And we'll make one really solid paper airplane. So go out there and pick that up today. But uh, we began to reorganize. And I want to share with you some of the things we're doing with our staff. But I want you to listen closely. Because there's something more here going on than staff announcements. You're hearing about the vision and the direction of this church. You're hearing about its priorities and, and what's important. When I say this is a family, you're the family. So you say, hey, this is what I'm about. This is what I'm a part of. Uh, and, and I want you to understand that. So when I'm talking about a person, really in essence, I'm talking about a ministry and where we're going. One of the big changes we're making is with Jerry Witt. Jerry Witt has been our youth pastor for 13 years now, which is a, a phenomenal number. That's our youth over there. They know Jerry. They love Jerry. And uh, Jerry's going to continue for a short time to be our youth pastor, but he's taking on uh, a new role in the life of our church called our next generation pastor. We actually named him after our core value. It's one of our most significant core values because folks, the church in America is losing wholesale the next generation. Most churches in America are just living right on the edge of their own grave. I'm not talking about the church. The church universal is strong. The church universal, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. But a local church, an individual church, they die. They, they cease to exist sometimes. And there are many local churches that are just ceasing to exist because we're not getting the next generation. 
And we're very intentional. We want to be very intentional about our activities, our work, what we're doing to get that next generation. That next generation might be four years old. They might be 24 years old. Don't, don't, don't hear next generation and just think child. They might be 24 years old. But what Jerry's going to do is a couple of things, two key things. When you look at children, uh, we think of zero to 18 years old. We've had two very separate departments in our church and in every church, a youth department and a children's department. And we're still going to have that. We're still going to have a youth pastor, still going to have a children's director. They're still going to plan and organize, but they're going to become more unified. And Jerry's going to bring them together kind of in one cohesive unit so that we know, okay, we get a zero-year-old, brand new baby, and we've got them till they're 18 years old. Where are we going with them? What are we trying to do with this child? And we've actually sent seven benchmarks that we want to reach at certain age, certain ranges of age in this child's life. Certain benchmarks that we want to move them through. And to hit all seven of those, because they don't just happen in one department, children's department or youth department, they happen in both. So he'll work together so that when we're making a decision about what we do with a four-year-old We're making that in light of what we want to be doing with them when they're 16 years old. And so he's going to kind of combine those two departments and and see that they work together like that. Now, when I say we're working with children, ultimately we're working with parents. Because, folks, the church is not the primary faith trainer. Mom and dad are the primary faith trainer. And so when we say we've got these seven benchmarks, how do we train mom and dad? How do we train parents so that we're working together and moving? Do we even know what the seven benchmarks are? And how do do we all get on the same page of, of moving a child so that we can reach that generation for Christ and keep that generation for Jesus Christ. That'll involve things like family outings, family mission trips, single parenting. A lot will be aimed at that. Uh, so there, he's going to become much more intentional, not just at adult ministries. We've had that, but much more intentional at ministry for family, what we do as a family and how that, that family works together. Because we cannot alone move your child through those benchmarks. So Jerry is going to be taking that on. That's a, a, a full-time effort. And so he's doing that really effective immediately. And so effective immediately, we are going to begin looking for a new youth pastor, which is kind of an exciting statement. Usually when you're looking for a new youth pastor, it's because you've lost your old one. We haven't lost ours. We know where he is. And it's pretty exciting to think, hey, we get to take his 13 years of experience and wisdom and knowledge and combine that with somebody who can stay up past 9 o'clock at night. Because Jerry, Jerry can't do it anymore. The youth have just, they just worn them down to a bone. There's just hardly anything left of them. But uh, no, really, folks, to take that experience and that knowledge, combining that with some of that, that venom and vigor that, that a young person gives you, that, that idealism, that passion and energy to, to take on things with, and just all risks, just take them all on and bring that together. Jerry will still be there, still with youth, still with leadership, still with parents. He'll be with children, children, children's parents, working with both camps, even though there'll still be a new youth pastor and then make a little bit of a transition now also into our children's ministry. Uh, as you know, Buddy Ham was our children's pastor. He went to be our campus pastor out at Midlothian. And, and really last spring, functionally speaking, Angela Tony began to lead the, the, the children's ministry at that time. And then we made it a, a little more formal this past fall and we called her our interim children's director. Well, today we just want to go ahead and remove the word interim. Uh, 
she's been with us now four years. She knows the children's ministry well. She's been getting education, formal education in that, developing in that. She's built a strong network uh, throughout the country. Matter of fact, just a week or two ago, she was with a, a large group of, of children's pastors, children's directors, and some of the large churches uh, in our country. So she's building that network system. She's us. She knows us. She knows our vision. She knows our staff. And so we, we feel like Angela is a great opportunity for us to continue to, to move forward uh, in our children's ministry. So she'll take the leadership of that. Uh, of course, with Jerry there, there's still a pastor for children, for parents. If they have a, some kind of pastoral need, uh, he's there for that. But she'll be giving kind of the vision and the direction for our children's ministry. We're real excited to make that move. Another move, and there's just two more. I know this gets a little working through. So two more quick ones. Uh, one is Andy Huff. Andy's been our middle school pastor for the last four or five years. This is another one that we're making a pretty dramatic change with. Uh, he's moving out of youth ministries and taking on what we're calling a creative worship arts pastor. You say, what's that? I like the word communications. He's a communications pastor. Then you say, well, why don't you just call him communications pastor? Because that title falls so far short uh, of what he's actually going to be doing. And you say, well, what will he be doing? Let me give you a couple of ideas. One, he works a lot with me. Uh, especially I, I write sermons, I get passage and title and I write sermons. I kind of deliver that to him and then he makes it all fancy dressed up and look good. Uh, like the Lamb of Wall Street. See, I just give a topic and a direction. He comes up with a title, how that's going to be promoted and communicated because our sermon series are a big way of, of drawing people in. It's something you use to share with friends. Hey, this is what we're doing. He's very creative at that. And so that's one thing. Uh, he gives a lot of leadership and direction and things like our, our Christmas productions, our Easter productions, maybe a, a, a really clear kind of one idea way of uh, communicating the importance of his job. Folks, we're in the communication business. The church, you, you and I are in the communication business. We are communicating good news. And as we grow, as, as, as we get large, it's real easy because we got all these people. We have lots of people groups inside our family. And one people group can get going over here and say, oh, this is the most important thing in the world. This is what we need to be doing. And they're going that direction. And somebody else says, no, this is the most important ministry. And this is what we ought to be doing. And somebody, no, this is the, and you get a lot of, and you know what you can end up doing? You can end up dying and becoming really ineffective because you're doing a lot of good things with no cohesion. And, and what Andy's going to be doing, what he's been doing, is really looking at how do we maintain the ability to communicate very clearly who we are, what we're doing, what do we value from event to event, ministry to ministry, and in our case, from campus to campus. How that gets communicated and and drawn all together is what he'll be giving leadership to. One last thing, and this service knows him, our singles pastor, uh, our singles director, James Ford. James is over there. Hey, James. He's what, a little bit higher wave so everybody can see where you are. There's James. And you see his picture right there. James is a longtime member of this church since I think like sixth grade. And uh, went, went to Virginia Tech, graduated from there, came back. And last year or so, he's been our, uh, uh, our part-time singles and college director. Uh, while he's been doing <coughs> that part-time, he's been full-time in seminary at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Going to finish his Master's of Divinity this May, unless he fails. You're not going to fail, are you? 
We're looking good so far. Midterm's coming up. Uh, he's going to graduate in May. Um, and then this here just recently, uh, our pastoral staff, our deacon body, uh, did a thing we call an ordination council. We grilled him for combined about three hours. And uh, I think you're going to be hearing real soon a motion from our deacon body uh, to ordain James as a pastor uh, in our church. And June 1st, he's going to begin full-time uh, serving as pastor pastor in our church. Uh, it's continuing to give. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they didn't clap for you in the other two services, but you weren't sitting here. So we feel obligated now because you're, you're sitting right there, but, uh, he's going to continue doing singles. But one of the things we're going to add to him is, uh, I think a heartbeat for him is discipleship. Uh, we really want to get better at communicating the value of taking next steps. Whether it's next steps in growing in Christ, next steps in being trained to serve Christ, next steps in actually serving Christ. I think a part of that is communicating the value of Wednesday night. Uh, I don't think we always do a very good job of that. Uh, But he's going to kind of be given some leadership to how we communicate what is beyond this room. What is beyond uh, this gathering and how we grow in the Lord? So that's what, what James is going to be doing for us. Folks, I know I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you, but I hope what you heard is, man, there's a, there's a passion and direction, a vision for meeting family, for, for growing in the Lord, for how we reach our community. With all that staffing that I just talked about, would you believe we're actually understaffed? And I don't mean from where we would like to grow to. I'm talking about from where we've been. We've, we're, we're down a person in music. We're minus a person in youth. We're down a person in, in children. You say, well, when are you going to add them? I'm, I'm doing the best I can. Leave me alone. Um, you know, some of that's budgeting. We've had a tight year, year and a half. And uh, so, you know, want to be careful when you add a, a staff person and, and, and what that means and, and be able to have the commitment to, to follow through on that. So some of that is just being careful in budgeting. I think in our upcoming budget, we're probably going to make a little bit of a priority. We don't usually do that with a budget because it's just not that inspiring. But uh, we're going to actually make a little bit of a priority in how we uh, address some of these staff issues. But I hope what you hear today, folks, is that, is that staff is a key resource for us, a key opportunity for us to impact our communion world for Christ, to live inside these core values. I hope you hear that what you're a part of is a family that passionately, desperately wants to reach people for Christ. Grow them in Christ and then send them back out those doors to impact their community and world for Christ. That's who we are here at the Heights. That's where we're going, what we want to be. Whether it's what we do inside of a family, what we do inside of an individual, what we do in our own community, or what we do 13 time zones away. Amen? Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Yeah, praise the Lord. Father, I just come before you right now. A lot of this is, is just talking about ideas and things we've been working on for, for some of it over a year. Uh, Father, I'm very sensitive to your challenge to us, your command to us, that whatever we're doing, we commit that to you. Plans are established not by the, the strength of man or by the wisdom of man. Plans are established by laying them in your hands. Lord, we don't even want to go off and come up with the plans and then ask if they're yours. We want them to be your plans from the very get-go. We do not want to lean on our own understanding, but we want to trust you for every step. And Lord, we do continue to lay these ideas, these directions before you, asking for your blessing, your guidance, your favor in each and every one of them. God, I, I believe most of us in here 
believe we've been given something really special. We've been given something really good in this family, in this place that we call the Heights. Lord, the experiences that we have on a Sunday morning, uh, the ministry, the missions that we get to be involved in with our friends. Lord, a place where we come and build relationships in, in Jesus Christ. We thank you for our church. And Lord, we ask for your help to be faithful with our church. We want to be faithful managers of what you've given us in this place. Lord, I pray that the Heights is a place that is carrying the gospel into our community and world. I pray that through us, Lord, your kingdom reign, your kingdom rule is advancing in our heart, advancing in this family and advancing throughout our community and our world. Lord, I pray we are the church you had in mind, the church you designed. Lord, I pray that you can do anything and everything that you want to do through this family. May it be so, Lord Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.